Welcome to Sharing the Victory, the weekly radio program from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Today, Ron Brown visits with Atlanta Falcons kicker Jason Elam about overcoming fear. You know, it's just uh, having that trust that he is going to take care of it. He loves us. He promises that he's always going to love us and just give it over to him. Ron will talk to world-class wheelchair athlete Ron Curl. It's just that God gave me the talent and he provided the opportunities. I'm just basically his vessel. Also, we'll see how FCA is still ministering to folks in the Mississippi Gulf Coast who were affected by Hurricane Katrina three years ago. Really, FCA became a relief organization there, and we didn't try to make that happen. It just was, the need was so great, it was all you could do. It's time to get the program underway with host of Sharing the Victory, University of Nebraska assistant football coach, Ron Brown. A number of you football fans out there have heard of Jason Elam, the outstanding kicker in the National Football League, traded to the Atlanta Falcons but was a longtime member of the Denver Broncos, kicked a lot of big-time extra points and field goals. Jason, it's quite an honor to have you on Sharing the Victory today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Jason, um, you know, as you uh, get ready to take that kick in a key situation, one of the things that must prop up for you is this element called fear. You know, the Bible tells us uh, approximately 300 times or more to fear not. God is continually reminding people, don't fear, because he knows that we humans have a propensity to fear. And that's true even for the Christian. I mean, if we were to be truthfully honest, a lot of us in the world of sports experience fear, even those of us who know Christ as Savior and Lord. Fear, the Bible says, is a sin. It has torment. It has not been given by God. But God rather gives us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So, Jason, as you experience that nervousness and the anxiety that crops up from that element called fear, how do you decide that, you know what, I'm not going to let fear dictate this kick or my life. This is going to be dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you train your heart and mind to focus on Christ that would kick fear right out the back door? That is a great question, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, I don't think it's that bad to uh, – because everybody's going to have that, that feeling, and just that unknown of what what's God doing here. I'm just not completely sure. There's many situations I think we're all put in during our lifetime that we don't know what God's doing here, but we have to trust Him, that He is in control, He's sovereign, mm-hmm. and just go with it as best you can. I mean, sort of, you know, you have to realize that He's in control. What's that saying? If if I could do things differently, I would. But if I knew what God knew, I'd do them the exact same way. You know, and so mm-hmm. you know, it's just uh, having that trust and that faith that things are so much bigger than than what you're going through at that moment. Mm-hmm. Just trusting Him that that He is going to take care of it. He loves us. He promises that He's always going to love us, and just give it over to Him. You know, Jason, the Scripture also says in in uh, Colossians chapter three. It reminds us to do our work heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. That was verse 23. In verse 24, it reminds us that there's a reward for keeping our minds and our hearts focused on Christ, for dedicating our kicks and our performances and even other things outside of sports, everything in our life. When we dedicate it to the Lord, where he's our only audience. What would you say is the reward for you? I mean, let's say with a kick, it doesn't always go through. Now, most of yours have gone through, but it doesn't always go through. And what I'm saying is, even when it does go through, is that simply a reward for you? That, okay, we won the game, or okay, I kicked the three points or the one point, the game winner. 
Is that all there is to the reward? What is the reward? Is there a circumstance-free reward, whether you win, lose, miss, or make the kick? Another great question. I think uh, back to your prayer earlier that, you know, I must decrease so that he can increase. And I think that is, is huge, and, and it's not all about us during this lifetime. Hmm. You know, we may think we're going to be here a long, long time, but this lifetime is about furthering the kingdom of hmm. God, and, and uh, it's not about us. And I have to always remind myself of that fact, that uh, it is not about Jason Elam. It's about furthering the, the kingdom of God. And so, you know, when things don't go right, or like how I would have scripted them, I've got to just remember, hey— uh, this is about things much bigger than Jason Elam. Jason, I love your answer about furthering the kingdom of God. We hear so many stories, Jason, about the game winners, and then we have a banquet set up for you game winners, and, and you tell us how you did it in the name of Jesus. But do you have any stories where you might have missed a field goal or something didn't go right, and yet you saw the furtherance of the kingdom through that? Do you have any examples in your career where something like that happened? Yeah, I remember, I think it was in 2004, we were playing uh, the Raiders in a home game. It was a snow game. I think we were down by one or two and came down to a 40-something yard field goal, and they blocked it. Right at the end of the game, we lose. Hmm. You know, I remember walking off the field, just dejected and just not feeling so good about things. Mm -hmm. But I remember thinking as I was walking off the field, you know what? God has allowed me to make so many of these kicks. And how am I going to handle this situation right now? What is? And I remember thinking, keep the right perspective, Jason. Mm-hmm. Walking off the field, and I remember several people later on coming back to me and saying, "I just don't understand how you reacted like that." And then now I'm not saying anything. You know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging about anything. But I just I think it's so important that we keep that per- eternal perspective. And mm-hmm. many times when we think that something bad has happened. Mm-hmm. Many times it's something good that God's doing. God can make anything good out of something bad. Amen. Well, well Jason, that's a great point because it's interesting. People are studying you when you miss as well as when you make. I mean, they see the celebration and you're getting carried off the field on the shoulders of your teammates when you make the game winner. But then they see you drifting off by yourself when you miss what could have been a game winner. And they're watching in both situations. And to hear you articulate just what you did, that people wanted to know how did you handle it with an attitude of gladness, even though you weren't happy about the block kick, really speaks volumes because you get an opportunity now to express how Jesus Christ impacts your life to something far greater than just that football game. And and the world is starving to hear that, Jason. So I appreciate your comment. And I want to thank you for just living a faithful life on the Lord Jesus Christ through the game of football. Uh, Thanks for being on the show today. Well, I appreciate that very much, Ron. That's Jason Elam, the great kicker, formerly with the Denver Broncos, now with the Atlanta Falcons talking to us about advancing the kingdom of God. He kicks field goals for the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's uh, blessed us being on Sharing the Victory today. Just a reminder that September is letter month at Sharing the Victory, and I'd love to hear from you. How is God touching your life through this program? Maybe you have a question about doing sports God's way, or maybe you'd like to nominate an athlete or a coach for one of our features. 
Our address is 8701 Leeds Road, Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. That's 8701 Leeds Road, Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. Or you can send your questions or comments online at sharingthevictory.com slash radio. As you know, it's been a busy hurricane season, and the Louisiana-Mississippi Gulf Coast were hit once again. It's been three years since Katrina, and coming up next, we have an amazing story of how God has opened doors for FCA to minister to schools affected by that hurricane. That's right here, coming up next, on FCA's national radio program, Sharing the Victory. At FCA, we're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org. Serving. Integrity. Teamwork. Excellence. These are the core values of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Get an in-depth look at each value from select contributors such as Tony Dungy, John Wooden, Laura Wilkinson, John Kitna, Betsy King, and Les Steckler. The first two books, Serving and Integrity, are available now at fca.org. This book series will be an excellent resource for high school, college, and professional athletes and fans at all levels. The Core Values book series available at fca.org. We have a very timely FCA across America, and our feature is Bill Buckley, FCA Area Director for Southern Mississippi. Bill was one of the many heroes that came to the rescue three years ago when Hurricane Katrina devastated the Louisiana and Mississippi Gulf Coast. Recently, I was able to visit with Bill Buckley, and he told me about some of the ways God used him to help people during that very difficult time. The first time I went, I was actually living in Jackson, Mississippi, about three hours north of the Mississippi Gulf Coast when Katrina hit. Mm-hmm. And I went down. Uh, actually, a friend of ours could not get out of his house. Uh, trees were down. And so mm-hmm. I went down with a friend, and we took chainsaws. And uh, this was about seven to ten days after the storm. And we cut him out of his house and uh, worked in his yard and his neighbor's yard for a couple of days. And then during that time, we just drove through the area, and uh, we were overcome with how bad it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was not a family down there that was not affected in some way. And uh, we did not have a staff person down in that area at that time. And I came back to Jackson and spoke with our regional director uh, with SCA and asked permission to go down and help with the relief. Wow. So he agreed, and we thought, well, we'll just look at this thing at a, at, in three-month increments. So we did that, and we went, and we, we just got involved, and really, FCA became a relief organization mm-hmm. there, and we didn't try to make that happen. It just was, the need was so great. It was all you could do. We began getting the word out uh, through the FCA websites and, and uh, the National Bulletin Board, and began to bring in teams to help with the relief Uh, In the last three years, we've had about 2,500 volunteers from 17 states and three nations that came down. And my role was to get them affordable 
housing and food, and we could do that for about $10 per day per person, Wow, which was great. And then to connect them with uh, viable work orders uh, mm-hmm. to go out into the community. And, Coach, we started with the people that FCA ministers to anyway. We went straight to the schools, hmm. uh, to the athletic directors, to the principals, to the administrators, and started with them and asked them, how can we help you on your campus, and how can we help your uh, administrators, coaches, teachers with their homes? Hmm. So those were the people that we focused on. And, for instance, at Past Christian High School, the uh, athletic director there estimates that SCA, along with a couple of other groups, saved the athletic department $650,000 in bringing in teams to rebuild their athletic facility, which was all flooded and destroyed. Hmm. The local people, when they saw us sweat and bleed and cry with them, they knew it, and it meant a lot. And doors were open. The fruit of that has been some strong SCA huddles in schools where we had nothing, great relationships with administrators and coaching staffs and kids and their families, strong chapel services, and it was all part of the waves of Katrina. That was Bill Buckley, FCA Area Director for Southern Mississippi, talking to me about his ministry during the last three years following Katrina. You may not have realized that following the Summer Olympics in Beijing, they also held the Paralympics. Those games just wrapped up, and we have a very special guest coming up next on Sharing the Victory. He's a former Paralympian and a world-class wheelchair athlete, Ron Curl, and you don't want to miss his story. What if athletic fields across the country were filled with students challenging each other to read the Word of God and come to faith in Jesus Christ? We know that none of this can happen without Him. It's only God that does it. Fields of Faith is coming October 8th to a field near you. It just gets the whole school fired up because it just can show how like reading the Bible can touch you. Fields of Faith, October 8th. To find a field near you or to learn how to organize one, go to fieldsoffaith.com. Hi, I'm Ron Brown, your host for Sharing the Victory Radio. This is Letter Month at Sharing the Victory. I'd love to know how this program is touching your life. I want to hear from you. Drop me a line at 8701 Leeds Road, Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. That's 8701 Leeds Road, Kansas City, Missouri, 64129. Or you can contact me online at sharingthevictory.com slash radio. Hey, this is Matt Hasselbeck with the Seattle Seahawks, and you're listening to Sharing the Victory. I got a very special guest today. He lives in Greensville, North Carolina. This guy is a true champion. He's been a part of the Paralympics and has been a gold medalist, and it's an honor to have Ron Curl with us today on Sharing the Victory. Ron, welcome to our show. Thank you, Ron. It's good to be here today. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Ron. Some of the accomplishments that you've had, you know, winning a gold medal as a wheelchair athlete, you're internationally ranked. Uh, you have, uh, you've been a member of the 84 and the 88 Paralympic teams, the 86 Pan Am team, and a number of U- United States teams. You've ranked in the top 10 and, and a number of categories nationally, and you do it all from a wheelchair, Ron. Amazing athletic feats. Where does all that come from, man? you got tons of energy and skill. 
Well, it all comes from above. It's just that God gave me the talent, and he provided the opportunities. I'm just basically his vessel. Hmm. Let's go back to why you're in a wheelchair. Because, you know, anytime we mention wheelchair, we kind of put a little asterisk next to that as if, oh, oh, it's one of those folks. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, I understand that. It's, oh, that poor guy. And but I wasn't always in a wheelchair. I, I spent the first 30 years of my life in an able body. I was an athlete as a child, as a teenager through high school, playing Little League baseball. I played football, but my main love was swimming. And um, I even had a short stint at uh, driving race cars in the uh, Sports Car Club of America series. But I contracted MS, multiple sclerosis, when I was 32. And that was quite a life-changing experience for me, thrusting me into a complete new life, uh, one of the which was in a wheelchair. Ron, what was that like? 32 years old, you're in the prime of your life. Bang, you start moving in the other direction. Well, Ron, you're, you're exactly right. As I was diagnosed in 1979, it was a deal where I thought life was great. I had a fantastic job to the point that my wife was a stay-at-home mom, two fantastic sons, beautiful wife. We had just bought a brand-new home, and um, as we say here in the South, it, it don't get much better than that. Hmm. The sad part of it is that uh, even though I am the oldest of two children of two of the most loving Christian parents any child could ever want, my sister and I always went to church and Sunday school. My parents dug a very deep and spiritual spat foundation for both of us, but I was very weak spiritually. Mm. To me, as a, as a child, it was more important to be accepted. The peer pressure sort of grabbed me, took hold of me, so that when I was diagnosed, I blamed God. Mm. Instead of, I tried to end my life, and mm. God, in a very dramatic way, saved my life, but instead of thanking him and saying, God, you saved me from doing this, you must have a purpose for me then, I just turned my back on him and actually thought that I was the one. I was the athlete. I was the record breaker. I was the gold medal winner. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until many years later that he called me back. Hmm. And when he called me back, I began to reflect back. And I began to see so many things in my life that were really not my control. They were things that God had done from the onset of my introduction to wheelchair sports. My introduction to wheelchair sports was from a newspaper article, which was reporting an event before it happened. Usually reporters report on an event after it's taken place. Mm -hmm. The original games that introduced me to sports were only held in my area one year, and that was the year I desperately needed them. Hmm. When speaking, I'll tell people, that's a coincidence. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Say, indeed, none of the above. That's divine intervention. Absolutely. I'm starting to erase that word coincidence out of my vocabulary for that very reason, Ron. And uh, Let's talk a minute. Talk to us about what was happening with you and the Lord Jesus Christ that got you turned around. Shortly after moving to Granville, North Carolina, I just had this, this feeling, this voice. Uh, I recognize it now as the Holy Spirit, but just kind of saying, Ron, you need to go back to church. And it was there in, in church. The first time we went, I just felt this feeling of love, of warmth. And as I describe it, it was just like the Lord walked up behind me and put his arms around me and said, Welcome back, my child. 
Hmm. I just felt his love and his warmth. And I said, you know, God, you and I got to start hanging out together a lot more. And today's the day we're going to start doing it. Hmm. We started going to church, got involved in Sunday school, began digging into God's game plan. And there I just found some fascinating things. Are you talking about the Word of God, the Bible? I am talking about God's game plan. I I can't think of a better word for it or a better phrase for it uh, than what FCA has put on it, calling it God's game plan. And I have used it many times, speaking to young athletes, and said, you know, here's the real rule book. Mm -hmm. But I started digging into that. I started growing uh, in my faith. And that's when I became involved with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up and in high school in the 1960s, I had vaguely heard of FCA. We had no FCA in any schools that I know of. I feel that with the Christian upbringing that my parents gave me, that if we would have had an FCA in our junior high school, at our high school, that as an athlete, peer pressure would not have grabbed hold of me as hard as it did. If it did, it would have been a different type of peer pressure, and that's one to continue on a spiritual path, one that includes God, not just on Sundays, but every day. And I just feel so strongly about that, and that's why I feel so strongly about what FCA is doing to our our young people today. It's just, Mm. it's almost indescribable. Ron, you've been a great guest, very inspirational. We want to thank you for being on Sharing the Victory today. We want you to keep racing in that wheelchair for the Lord Jesus Christ while you spend time on this earth. And, uh, you know, we'll see you in heaven one day without the chair. But I'll tell you one thing, we'll be enjoying your heart. Thank you for the opportunity to spread his good message to everyone throughout the nation. Now, you heard Ron's passion for FCA. He has written a book about his life story called Wheels of Faith. All the proceeds from this book will go to FCA. And you can get a copy of Wheels of Faith for $15 by calling Ron Curl at area code 252-321-0214. Once again, that's 252-321-0214. There's more to come on Sharing the Victory. When we return, FCA President Les Stecco will be up for Coach's Corner. You love sports, and you love reading about sports, but your favorite sports publication seems to have become little more than a fantasy league report. Enter Sharing the Victory magazine, published nine times a year by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Sharing the Victory gives you in-depth articles on some of today's most popular Christian athletes and coaches, as well as stories of FCA's impact around the world. You'll also get STV's cutting-edge two-page poster highlighting one of the magazine's featured athletes. Order your subscription today at sharingthevictory.com. Next weekend on Sharing the Victory, we'll hear two athletes talk about overcoming adversity. Seattle Mariners pitcher R.A. Dickey. I really believe God's used those adversities to chisel my heart and teach me things that I wouldn't ordinarily have learned. And former big league pitcher Dave Drovecki. It was amazing to journey with God to see his strength as I struggled. We'll also hear from Texas Longhorns offensive lineman Chris Hall. Make it a point to join us next weekend for Sharing the Victory. Ron Brown, back with you. It's time for FCA President Les Steckel, a longtime former college and NFL coach with Coach's Corner. His knee pain and the resulting surgery means we won't see Tiger Woods on the golf course again this season. But we all know Tiger will be back again and return to a domination of his sport 
that only a handful of athletes in history could ever achieve. What we last saw him accomplish virtually on one leg in the 2008 U.S. Open will never be forgotten by golf enthusiasts. Of course, many people have tried to analyze why Tiger Woods is such an amazing golfer. I'm hardly a golf expert, but I do have another theory about why Tiger Woods can play so well. As a former football coach and a former Marine officer and presently the president of a large ministry at FCA, I can recognize and appreciate dedication and determination. That's what I see in Tiger Woods, and that's what I hear him say about his approach to golf, which he sums up in three words. Focus, follow through, and finish. I believe those three words are ones each of us should determine to do every day and in every facet of our lives. Whether you want to be a better golfer, parent, supervisor, or whatever, you can truly benefit from remembering to focus, follow through, and finish. Let's consider each word. To focus is to direct all your attention on the central thing, person, activity, or project before you. Really, focusing can be intense. All distractions must be blocked out. To have a better relationship with your son or daughter, maybe you need to give them your full attention or focus today. Every part of Tiger's golf swing is as smooth and precise as we've ever seen. But maybe today you need to follow through and keep your pledge to that neighbor across the street or promise you made to a co-worker. Despite Tiger's early round disappointments in this year's U.S. Open, he never forgot the championship would be won on the final day. Perhaps you've just realized what you need to do to finish that project your boss needs tomorrow. Seeing to completion is so important. As terrific as Tiger Woods is in focusing, following through, and finishing, no one ever understood these qualities better than Jesus Christ. He was totally focused on his earthly mission. He obediently followed through, even though he knew unimaginable pain and brief separation from his father would occur as he endured the cross in order to take on himself the full penalty for all our sins. And he finished his purpose with his death, burial, and resurrection, leaving a glorious hope for all of us who confess our sins that we will enjoy eternal life in his presence. It is my hope the next task, project, or responsibility you find yourself doing, you stay focused despite the many distractions, follow through despite the sacrifices and pain, and finish strong. Jesus' last words on the cross were, it is finished. Godspeed. I had a ball with you today, no pun intended, and we're going to have a great time next week as well. R.A. Dickey, pitcher for the Seattle Mariners, will be with us, along with Chris Hall, the starting center for the Texas Longhorn football team, and a very special message once again from that former great major leaguer, Dave Dravecki. Remember, there are two ways of doing sports, God's way or man's way. Which will you choose? Have a great week in Christ from all of us here at Sharing the Victory. Our website, sharingthevictory.com slash radio, is available to you anytime you wish to listen to past programs or drop us a line. We would love to hear how God is touching your life through this program. You can also nominate a player or coach for one of our features, or you can ask Ron Brown a question. Again, the website is sharingthevictory.com slash radio. There's also a link to check out the many resources FCA has to offer, like books, Bibles, CDs, and study guides. We hope you have a great weekend, and thanks for listening to Sharing the Victory. Sharing the Victory is a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. 
the heart and soul in sports.